listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. This is the ZMAR Podcast. Elite Benefits of America helps small and mid-sized companies with their health insurance programs. And now, your host, Butch ZMAR. Welcome back to the ZMAR Podcast. It is 2021, new year, new things, new changes maybe. One of my New Year's resolutions is uh, to get back up to running 50 miles and um, possibly run a 100-mile run this year. And so that's a lot of training miles and uh, a lot of podcasts to listen to. So if anybody out there that has any recommended podcast, I will be happy to listen to those while running. So let's dive into it. I have a couple of topics. They're more current events, some things that happened in the past week, some things that are starting this month. There's a national company called Haven that was originally started three years ago built uh, or put together by Amazon, Brookshire Hathaway, and J.P. Morgan. And they were going, coming together to try to reinvent or they call it disrupt, uh, disrupt the healthcare system as we know it. So after three years, they dismantled. They originally came together because they figured there was a better way to build a model, better mousetrap for, for what it's worth, and try to control the cost in the healthcare system for employers across the country. So they were going to build a model that was going to work for the three big, huge companies for all their employees uh, in total. And then they were going to repurpose the model and then redistribute it downstream. And so downstream meaning the number of employees, how big the company is, and uh, be able to leverage that opportunity just like what the three companies, mainly Amazon, is doing for a lot of other companies. Like you could get scalability and software on an online presence with Amazon because they built it for themselves and then they made it available to other companies. Amazon was going to be there for the technology piece. Berkshire Hathaway was going to be the insurance piece. And obviously, J.P. Morgan was going to be there for the financial part. Obviously, both deeply embedded in their industries. um, But they decided after three years that they're just going to go ahead and dissolve the company. And I guess what's the big uh, reason why it was dissolved? It sounds like great things. Three big companies trying to make a better way for employers out there. And this is speculation from the world of Butch Zimar. I think the issue is far too big for these three companies to, to solve. Um, it is huge. It's too complex. That's why even government can't figure it out. I also think that there was too many big egos that showed up to the table. Come on, three big, huge companies coming to the table trying to manhandle a healthcare system, which is untamed at the current moment, and then them trying to figure out a way to make it work. But I guess the big question is, what is gonna, what would change? And 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 maybe this is where the conflict of interest came in. I think, from my perspective, and a lot of things in the industry, it's going to be grassroots uh, revelation uh, or revolution, rather. And so they're already start ta- ta- doing it now. There's innovation. You have to be nimble and retooling. There's things that you haven't done in the past that you're going to have to do going forward. You're going to have to be smarter. You're going to have to do things a little differently than the past. They're already doing it now, and a lot of these health plans that are redesigned and retooled um, with a little innovation, their premiums are actually worked out backwards in the last three years, uh, or longer for that matter, and they actually enhance their benefits even as much as uh, zero deductible for the employees or uh, nothing out of pocket for procedures or testing. There's definitely innovative ways to do it, it is trickling downstream to the small, small employer under 10 employees. Uh, it's a little bit harder to do it in those business models, but 
Uh, you could certainly do it with an employee base of 15 uh, employees and above. Uh, there's definitely starting to get some leverage points, but you could certainly do it with five employees, just a little bit harder. It's kind of like a big lever, uh, and uh, it's just a smaller lever to uh, try to lift something up. I think one of the biggest issues in our, uh, the healthcare industry as far as a benefits program goes is that the industry taught itself how to actually purchase the health plan. And I, I believe I've talked about this before. Uh, I know offline I definitely have. The industry, the insurance brokers, the insurance companies go to the employers and they, they sell the packages a certain way and then it's purchased a certain way. A lot of people, are, and at least in our industry, they talk about this, the status quo broker. And so the renewals are going to be typically the same. The conversations are still going to be the same. The innovation or switching plans um, is going to be the same. Typically, every couple of years, you end up switching carriers, and then you're right back to the original carrier. It's just this endless cycle of the mouse wheel that people just keep running around, and it just seems like it never ends. Kind of like running 50 miles, I guess. It just seems, seems like you just keep moving in the same direction, not really getting much further until the end, I guess. But that end is usually devastating for employers. They're actually trying to make decisions on whether or not they're going to keep paying for health care or stay in business or some combination in between. The employer status quo has been traditional for when it comes to uh, purchasing an employee benefit program. And what I mean by that is the insurance industry taught them how to buy. So even if they fire the current broker, move to another broker, they're conditioned to a certain way of purchasing a healthcare plan and how it's implemented in the workplace. And so we have to get away from both of those models, um, even if it's one stepping stone at a time, but it's definitely a move you, you're going to have to make at one point. I mean, we're talking about a lot of companies are delegating a multi, multi-million dollar expense to the company or even a CFO or an owner's making a decision and they're not challenging as much as they probably should or could. Um, and in some cases on a lower scale, it could be tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands on the smaller companies, but they scrutinize every paper clip and every box of paper, switch uh, even office supply companies or technology platforms because they're trying to squeeze every dollar out of it. What's the best value they're getting? But when it comes to employee benefit programs, it seems like we can just kind of get dead in the water because that's the status quo. You got 3% increase this year. If nothing else comes to the table, then you settle on the 3%. These brokers don't want to move policies, and I get it because it's a lot of work to move employees to a new platform or a new program. But the reality is, is there may be other ways to do it. 3% is actually a, probably a bad example because that's pretty low, but there's some employers out there getting 13% or 23%, and, and they kind of just go back to the insurance company, see if they can negotiate a few dollars, and it might lower from 13% to 7%, and we feel like we got a good deal, and then uh, you move on. That's the old school method. And in a lot of cases, maybe that's all you could do, but but there's definitely newer ways and innovation that's out there. Um, and I would definitely challenge the current, your current broker and whoever's in charge of the benefit program to look elsewhere or challenge it a little bit further than you normally do. Are you a CFO, HR professional, or owner of a company, big or small, and you're tired of the typical health insurance premium increases each and every year? out of control premiums with no end in sight. Well, now there is the Elite Benefits Formula. 
This process has saved employers and their employees thousands or even tens of thousands of dollars each year. These strategies are avoided by most insurance professionals, and the insurance companies definitely do not want you to know about them. But Elite Benefits of America is ready to help you. Just about all employers in the Chicagoland area can now take advantage of some or all of these strategies and start saving money. Butch Zemar from Elite Benefits of America wants you to reach out to him today. Visit EliteBenefits.net or call 708-535-3006. So another new thing coming in 2021 is starting this month in January. There's a new law, I guess you could say. Don't quote me on the the legalities or the wording of it, but there's transparency of pricing in in the healthcare space. This was put in place by the Trump administration. Uh, It's finally rolled out. There was lawsuits to hold it up in court. It's still held up in court, to my knowledge. Uh, Of course, just because things are held up in court, it doesn't stop things necessarily. Initially, I think it did halt it, and then it got released again. But there's several required formattings that providers have to provide for pricing. They have to uh, provide some type of file, like electronic file that somebody could read the pricing and services out of. And then also it has to be online in a way that shoppers uh, could view it. um, And it's very friendly and consumer driven that they're able to uh, see what kind of pricing is. I always call this a menu board, kind of like when you walk into a fast food restaurant or even when you any restaurant, if you're able to dine in these days, you could open up a menu and there's going to be pricing on there. You have an idea what things are going to cost before you actually order it. Historically, pricing was never available uh, or hardly available until after the claim has been processed. The issue comes with that is you don't think about what the cost is going to be uh, when you're trying to get access to care, and then all of a sudden the bill shows up and you owe $1,200 or $4,800, and you're kind of in sticker shock. You didn't budget for it. You didn't understand it was coming. There's a lot of things that go involved. And, and it's unfortunate, for many, many, many years, I always say that somebody else with a bigger purse always paid the bill. And as time went on, that cost is getting passed on. But even on an employer level, shame on them, for many, many years, they're spending all this money per employee, and they never educated their employees on the process, partly because HR and other management personnel uh, couldn't roll it out um, or couldn't explain it, and most people aren't using it, so they didn't want to waste any time. But... I don't know anybody that has ever spent for a family, let's say $30,000 a year, and um, they don't know where the button is to turn it on. Like you go buy a car, you could, people are spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on cars, and they know every single button on that vehicle. Or you buy a house, you'll know every compartment, you'll know every cabinet in the house for the amount that you actually pay for it. But when it comes to healthcare, you don't know how it works. You don't know when the deductible kicks in. Maybe you have some idea of all that, but you don't understand until claim time, and partly because we're, we don't see pricing on it. So the menu board, it's going to help to some degree. And in the past, you couldn't shop products. You would call up one hospital system and say, I'm looking to have this procedure done. How much is it going to cost? And I would say most of the time they had no idea. They would tell you it depends on your insurance. And there's all this red tape of trying to figure out what the pricing is and nobody really knew and it's still that way but hopefully that'll change we were all going into things blind um i believe that it it was there for a setup a bigger purse traditionally always paid for it over the last 15 20 years 
that cost has been transferred onto the to us as the consumer or patient. And then um, for years, we haven't had that much exposure until more recently. And so I think people definitely need to put more skin in the game and invest some time to learn and, um, and definitely get ahead of the spectrum. But if we compare any other insurance product, and I know I brought this up on other podcasts, and I know I talk this on a regular basis, if you compare your auto, home, or even business insurance, it's the only insurance product, or health insurance is the only insurance product that we demand things out of. We don't go to our auto insurance company and demand that they're paying for a car wash. We don't demand that they're going to change our oil, and we don't demand that they're going to change the windshield wipers. In fact, a lot of people would say, well, that doesn't make any sense, right? Those are wear and tear items. They're not part of what insurance is supposed to be. Then why are we forcing health insurance to do that? And of course, we have many, many years of making over a period of time on this, but I just always believe that we demand so much from our healthcare system, and then and then it's the only insurance product that we really seriously have a problem with. So it's a double-edged sword, but there's definitely a balancing act. And then um, in the current model that we have, I always say we always have this purple unicorn. Everybody says, well, you get a PPO discount. That's the value of purchasing insurance. Well, I, I don't know if this is the first time you've ever heard it, but PPO discounts or HMO discounts, it's all uh, uh, a uh, smoke and mirrors. And so there's a reimbursement rate the providers are going to get. They could name that price anything they want. They know the bill is going to be reallocated down to the smaller one. And there's consumer protections involved and whatnot. But you could have a bill for $5,000, and it could be discounted to 400 bucks. How in the world do they get it down to $400? Well, there's no discount. It's a contract and negotiated rate. And so uh, don't be fooled by this. It does give you warm and fuzzy feelings that you're getting more value paying for the insurance. But it's part of the managed care system because um, price transparency has never existed, at least until now. We'll see how it rolls out. But it leads back to uh, what I believe uh, from the world of Butch Zemar, though, is that uh, we should self-insure for the more predictable things and then uh, pay cash for those things that are predictable. And a, an example of that would be doctor visits, testing, and at least certain prescription drugs, especially generic, obviously, and then insure for the things that are bigger. And um, we do that with our auto and home insurance. We do that with our business insurance. Why not, right? And so just a high-level overview on what to expect with in form of transparency or what I expect out of it. And we'll see how things pan out and as Time goes on, we'll give more updates. I think it's going to create more awareness. And so people are going to be alarmed that their insurance company has been paying $150 a month for that medication that you could have got for 4 bucks. Patients will demand a little bit more control. And so knowing that if you're needed lab work and knowing that the original place you were getting the lab work was going to cost $800 and you're starting to see that, well, you can go down the street and get it for $75, you're going to make smarter decisions even though somebody else is paying the bill. Some will still go down the route, well, I'm not paying for it, so what do I care, right? Well, I think this is going to be, this is going to open up some eyes and people are going to start making better decisions. I do think some providers will be a little bit more honest. Um, doctors go to school for so many years. They're not in business and billing practices are considered normal. And I'm not trying to take anything from the quality of doctors and the quality of care that they provide. I'm just saying from a billing perspective, uh, not all of them have been completely honest. And so therefore, they're able to get away with things. And so um, when you get a explanation of benefits, 
And sometimes the insurance company denies certain things, and then you call your doctor's office, and they say they will go ahead and take care of it. Well, they're I'm not saying all the time, but some of the time they were trying to pass something through and through to your insurance company to see if it was going to be paid. And so I think with a little bit more transparency of pricing, this will minimize some of those um, dishonest doctors, providers. Uh, again, I'm not saying it's the, the rule out there. I'm just saying that it happens. And as a consumer, you should always have been aware of it. It's going to be easier to be more aware of it, assuming transparency works the way it's supposed to. I still don't think it's going to move uh, enough in the needle. I think there, you, you have to put the pitch where the problem is, and I think that's where the provider level is. A lot of them know that they can get away with a lot of the pricing, so I think that they're going to keep pushing that envelope. I do think pricing is the biggest issue in our healthcare system, but not because you know the, the cost has gone up and somebody else should pay the bill. I think uh, there has to be more cost control measures internally. I think doctors need to be held accountable for them. Uh, themselves. So if they misdiagnose or if they screwed up on a procedure or a surgery, they typically just build the insurance company again for the repeat. And I think they need to be held accountable. If you brought a car to a mechanic and they screwed it up, there's element of accountability there that they're going to pay for the repair if, they, if it's justified that they made the mistake. Well, doctors need to be held accountable too instead of keep rebuilding insurance companies to have it paid by a bigger party, a bigger purse, and so I, I just don't think the needle will move enough, but I do think that we need to start definitely demanding for repricing and, and or just pricing in general so we at least know what's going on. Some of the providers may lose business as a result of knowing that the prices are published and people can get it elsewhere for less. And so I think a lot of that's going to occur. I think one thing that it's going to do for transparent pricing is going to force us to stay away from some of the bigger shops. Just because they're bigger doesn't mean that they're uh, less expensive by economy of scales. The same thing goes with pharmacies on every street corner. doesn't mean that they're always going to be the best price. In fact, a lot of times they're not. Um, so I think uh, we'll have to go to you know certain niche facilities. They may not be big uh, teaching hospitals, for example, or teaching providers because they have an ability to charge more because they're part of a bigger facility with a bigger name. I tell you, there's a number of times over the years that people are so glad they went to a teaching hospital for a set of stitches. Uh, I'm telling you, you probably overpaid or your insurance company overpaid for those stitches in most cases. You could have gone down the street to the local urgent care and probably or most likely get similar or if not equal to the quality of care for the stitching that you may have provided. Now, in certain situations, I do think teaching hospitals or certain providers come into hand, but um, that's through research and depending on the condition or treatment that you're trying to look for. There's a lot of what I call jack-in-the-boxes that are all over the place that provide good quality care for a much lower cost. You have to be a little bit more resourceful. I mean, let's think about it. There's grocery store chains, and at least in the Chicagoland market, if not all over the country, that market and sell lower uh, brands or, or just brands that are not really heavily advertised because they could get it for a lower price. And people demand and go there and spend the money there instead of going to big shop grocery stores and then paying retail price or some element of discount uh, or membership pricing that they may, may get. There is a spot in the marketplace for these products to be offered. So the, the quality of product and lower prices is a good thing. You're going to see more and more of these smaller little facilities pop up if you haven't already, and they're going to have better pricing than the traditional hospital or whoever's connected with the hospital. So 
Uh, I think transparency of pricing is going to help you make wiser decisions uh, regarding that. And you just have to be a smarter consumer. When you look at pricing for brakes on a car and you receive quotes from a couple different mechanics, it helps you make an educated decision based on where the location of that mechanic is, the quality of work or past experience you've had with them or others have, and then of course what they're charging for. And you can make an educated decision. We do it all day long on other consumer items, so why not healthcare? I do hope that providers will you know, make some changes on the pricing, but they're going to ultimately have the control in the future. I, I just don't think that they're going to make that drastic of a change. They're going to demand more and say they're worth it. I mean, the average doctor, I believe in America, makes uh, 80 to $100 for a visit, and I think the average time per visit is 10 minutes. And so they're, they're averaging around 100 bucks an hour. I'm sorry, $500 an hour. And so... It's, it's definitely a lot to chew on, and I think it's going to create innovation for other things since you're more aware of it. A lot more people are moving to telemedicine and other items, and I think that uh, will help the transparency, will force you to do other things to save a little bit of money. And that's it for today's ZMAR podcast. Uh, I appreciate it. I, I'd love to hear New Year's resolutions from you guys or anything that you guys are expecting. And of course, your podcast as I increase my training for the year to get it back up the number of miles. So I look forward to next time on the ZMAR podcast.